<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. WQAD Podcast Network. The Cities with Jim Mertens. A production of WQPT. PBS for the Quad Cities region. A podcast in partnership with WQAD. What's going on in the Quad Cities? Activities, events, fun, politics, sports, local issues, and opinions. And now, your host, Jim Mertens. I'm Jim Mertens, and this is the Cities Podcast. Did you notice Rock Island County is getting a little bit smaller, and at the same time, it's getting a little bit bigger? What I'm saying is that new maps were released, reducing the size of the county board from 25 to 19. But each of those 19 districts is now bigger with more people. And it comes as big changes are in store for the county. For one thing, it needs to find a new leader after Administrator Jim Snyder announced he's leaving. So let's talk about the impact of all that. We spoke with Rock Island County Board Chairman Richard Brunk. On first blush, what did you think of this newly redrawn Rock Island County for the Rock Island County Board? Well, I think the map accomplishes uh, pretty much everything that the committee uh, laid out for the consultants. Um, it uh, it uh, protects minority voices on the board. It maintains rural representation. Uh, and and uh, I think it's actually, actually they've done a pretty good job. Speaking of such, I mean, it, it was important for, I think the way you would say it is, Western Rock Island County has two African-American districts that were protected. Northern Moline has two Hispanic districts that were protected. And then in Southwest Rock Island County, you have two agricultural districts that were protected. That seems to be uh, one of the things that was really important as far as redrawing these lines. Yes, all of that was. and. Uh, if you remember, Jim, uh, earlier this year, we had a number of town hall style meetings, um, although they had to be held remotely, uh, for community members to have an opportunity to ask questions and learn about the process and voice their, you know, their thoughts or their concerns about how the process moved forward. We also uh, had a meeting and, and involved uh, various community organizations from throughout the area. Uh, and uh, they provided input and yes, you know, minority voices, rural representation, all of that was was uh, at the top of the list. And at the same time, reducing a board from 25 members to 19 members. I mean, it was a huge task that that was done in order to create these maps. Yes, correct. And, and the consultants done a, a good job, as I mentioned, especially considering the fact that Rock Island County's geography created some unique challenges you know, we're around 100 miles long, but we're only 12 or 13 miles wide at our widest. And so you can only you can only cut that or slice that so many so many ways. So I, I think that they did accomplish uh, a, a pretty good job there. When it comes to reapportionment, there's another thing that uh, I think the public doesn't really think about, but surely your members do. And that's what's going to happen to a lot of incumbents. You're going to have people thrown into the same seats. Democrats running against Democrats, longtime Republicans perhaps running against longtime Republicans. What does this map do in that area? Well, when it comes to that, Jim, it actually it, it worked out pretty fortunate um, as we had a number of members that expressed to me early on uh, this year um, that they did not intend to seek reelection. 
Uh, and then we've also had some members, as you know, we have a member who is running for the 17th Congressional District. We have a member that is running for the 72nd House District. Um, so that opened up, uh, you know, some additional seats there to help kind of soften the blow as far as the board reduction. You really have a pretty quick approval process that goes forward. I mean, there's a lot that's going to happen in the coming days. Yes, yes, it is. Now, that being said, you know, we did have the special committee meeting um, Thursday afternoon, and we are having our regular GHA committee meeting this coming Monday. Um, the full full board will be able to, you know, review and discuss the map further at the uh, committee of the whole meeting uh, this coming Wednesday, uh, prior to hopefully final approval of the map uh, the following Tuesday. So it's just about a week and a half's time. Uh, we wanted to give you know the opportunity for the map to be out there. It's on our homepage. It's posted here publicly in the county office building. Um, you know, so we wanted to have that viewership for that week and a half or so. Um, you know, just to just so everyone had the opportunity to take a look at it, and uh, you know, hopefully feel comfortable with with the job that the consultants done under the uh, the instructions of the governance, health, and administration committee. What about the public? Is there going to be an opportunity for them to speak out? Jim, all of the meetings of the county board and its committee uh, committees are open to the public. All of them have public comment opportunities. Um, so, you know, I, I put out a press release earlier this week uh, encouraging the public uh, to attend the meetings and uh, and, uh, you know, take a look at the maps and, and, you know, express their thoughts. As we were saying, you do have some protections for minority districts. Have you heard? Because I know the NAACP had some concerns early on. I mean, have you heard anything? And I know that the maps have only just recently been released. Have you heard anything, though, from these groups? Um, I have not heard anything from those groups. We actually, I actually did reach out to all of the organizations, including the NAACP, the Farm Bureau, and uh, local LULAC organizations and others who actually uh, took part in that meeting that we had earlier this year, um, where we had a lot of back and forth and engagement as far as uh, different concerns and maybe some unique perspectives that they had as far as how that process was gonna move forward. Um, and we did reach out to them earlier this week and let them know about the maps, let them know about the meetings and the opportunity to come and, and view the maps and, and uh, voice their thoughts. Um, but I have not heard from uh, any of those organizations. We did have the Farm Bureau's director attend the meeting um, and uh, and she was going to make sure that uh, the Farm Board, Farm Bureau Board, uh, you know, was well aware of the maps. And um, so that, that was, it was, it was nice to see them uh, come and uh, take part in the meeting yesterday. Of course, this is all happening as you're about to start a search for another county administrator. Jim Snyder announcing he's going to go to Washington, Illinois to become a city administrator there. Did that come as a surprise? And, and I know you're going to be intensifying the search in the coming days, but we're now going to be, what, looking at a third administrator in so many years? I don't want to say a revolving door, but they're not staying very long. Right, right. <laughs> um, no, excuse me, Jim. <coughs> Uh, no, I, I wasn't surprised because uh, Mr. Snyder had given me a heads up um, that he had been approached about applying for the position. Uh, it was an opportunity really that he, he could not turn down. Um, it, it takes him a lot closer to his family uh, in Canton, Illinois. He gives him the opportunity to you know take part in, in family events much more often. And uh, you know I, I think that that's important for anybody. And so um, 
you know, I, I wasn't surprised. I am sad to see him go, but I definitely understand his reasons. You've had these two uh, county administrators that have been, you know, charting the county through some choppy financial waters. Do you think that this third administrator will have an easier time because of the work that's been done over the last four or five years? You know, Jim, we still have we still have challenges that we're facing. Um, we are still, you know, working to to shore up county finances. Although we have a very good, we're headed in a very good direction right now. Um, but yes, definitely, I, I think that both uh, Dave Ross and you know Jim Snyder over the last uh, three years has definitely uh, helped guide the county and the board through some very very challenging. Uh, issues that we faced and I, I think that you know the 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 next administrator will definitely benefit from from his work as well as that of Mr. Ross. The creation of the county administrator position is relatively new. I mean it's not that new but relatively new. Do you think that has worked? I, I think that there has been a lot of, of good come from that. Yes. Um, you know we've 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 uh, worked through a lot of our problems and, and challenges and you know we, we've started operating maybe in a little bit of, of a, a more professional manner if you will um, so I, I've seen a, I've seen a lot of good I mean we can we continue to have some hiccups just because as you said the position is relatively new um, so you know to, to be perfectly clear Jim Snyder has been continuing to pave that path to lay that foundation for exactly what the administrator's position here in Rock Island County uh, will entail for years going forward. Um, but yes, there's been, there's been a lot of benefits from it, I believe. You do point out that we've seen some hiccups in Rock Island County. One of the biggest hiccups, of course, is caused by COVID and, and some of the budget problems that you had. I, I believe you were ending last year uh, about a $5.4 million had to be cut. Major uh, uh, concessions were being made. This is a year ago in the midst of COVID. What's the financial position of Rock Island County a year later? How are you ending this year? Um, I don't have the exact dollar figures in front of me right now, Jim, but I will tell you this. There's been a number of things um, that have uh, um, provided an opportunity for us to really shore up county finances. Um, we are actually building a somewhat significant um, uh, uh, fund balance at this point. Um, and there's a number of things that have factored into that. You know, um, the, the sale of Hope Creek Care Center, um, you know, it was, it was a tough decision. But one, one of the, the end results of that, if you will, um, we were not only able to, you know, reduce uh, $2.7 million off the property tax levy, but we stopped hemorrhaging money. Um, you know, and so that helped us to start shoring up uh, county finances. Uh, changes in uh, uh, sales tax related to internet sales uh, has helped us along that that path. Uh, you know, revenue from you know uh, marijuana dispensaries and so on, um, as well as the you know CARES Act funds and the ARPA funds. Um, all of that has has provided us an opportunity. Uh, you know, as long as we manage it well. Uh, to really shore up county county funds and uh, county finances, um, so I, I will tell you why. You know we're not we're not uh, at the recommended 25% uh, reserve. Uh, you know for for municipal governments, um, we're we're on our way. We're now in the process of I guess you would say memorializing. Although I guess it's called what is it recordation of the uh, old Rock Island County uh, courthouse, uh, taking pictures, making sure. 
uh, some of the artifacts, everything historically is remembered before the building is torn down. What's your best guesstimate, I guess, right now for demolition of the old courthouse? Well, I'm hoping that we will be able to put, I was initially hoping to be able to put a proposal in front of the board this month uh, to approve a recordation consultant. Um, unfortunately, the, the timing of putting out the RFP, um, I, I'm hoping that it will be in December that we'll be able to approve a recordation uh, consultant. And then I, I believe it'll be a matter of how soon they can be on site. Um, you know, as, as soon as they're able to get on site, hopefully the process, I'm, I'm hoping maybe a month or so, um, but that that's somewhat of a guesstimate. Um, you know, once they complete the process, all of that information and documents will be submitted uh, to the state. Once the state has reviewed it, made sure that it meets the, um, you know, the terms set in the MOA that we recently uh, agreed to. Um, you know, they'll sign off on it and, you know, the state EPA and others will issue the, the required permits uh, for demolition. We're in the process of the deer strike. Um, it, it's it's going to have a major impact the longer that it lasts on the communities as well as on the taxpayers, too. Is that at all being factored in for Rock Island County? I, I know you're always looking at revenues and, and, and you've got these deer workers who are now on strike. The longer that strike's going to last, will it have an impact on Rock Island County? Um, well, I think it's going to have an, I think it would have an impact on all, um, all levels of government, local and, and, and likely the state. I guess it's a matter of, of how much of an impact. Um, you know, uh, as, as that goes on, you're going to see, you know, likely some reduced spending, you know, not on the part, only on the part of those individuals affected by the strike and trying to, you know, um, you know, get a, a good, a good settlement of the contract, but also by, you know, uh, deer and other companies associated with, with those type of operations. So I think you'll see an impact, but exactly what that impact will be, I, I really don't know. Rock Island County Board Chairman Richard Brog. Thanks for listening to The Cities with Jim Mertens. And watch The Cities Thursday nights at 7, Sunday afternoon at 4, and Monday night at 6 on WQPT, PBS for the Quad Cities region. WQAD Podcast Network.